Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pure Faith Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things Bible. I'm your host, Mitchell Highcamp, and with me is my sister and co-host, Michelle Waymeyer. Good morning. If you haven't done so yet, then please follow us on your favorite podcast app and also leave a review so others can find us. And we ask that you log on to, like, and follow our Facebook page. I have to admit that it is rather cold outside. It's very cold outside. So I may have brought my wife's car this morning. Because it was in the garage? Yes. Mm-mm-mm. That's the main reason. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how cold it was outside. So, you know, I'm backing out of the garage and I look over to see my car and it's an icicle. Yeah. And I stop. We got the rear view camera, so I can't take my entire display. So as I started putting it in drive, I checked to see what the outside temperature was. The car started at 22. So In the garage. No, it was warmer than that in the garage. So from That's- the time I backed out of the garage to the road, it was already reading 22. Okay. It's above freezing in my garage. It's not heated, but it's above freezing. Right. And I'm like, huh, well, I wonder where, how cold it is. And I'm just watching this number just go down, 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 <laughs> down, down. And by the time I got here this morning, it was at negative eight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Negative eight. Negative eight. I'm going to let you know, I don't have a garage that I park my vehicle no, in. No, you don't. I've got a storage garage that isn't even big enough for a bug to be parked in. It's the smallest garage. I started my car 20 minutes Before I came here, and my drive is two stoplights. And I was still cold. I've got a blanket on my legs. I've got three, I've got this huge sweater on and three shirts on. Yeah, it's cold outside. It's It's cold. It's not that cold down here, though. No, but when you're cold. I just have a t shirt on. I had two stoplights, and I started my car 20 minutes early. Come on now. It's cold out. I started my car just as I was backing out of the garage. <laughs> and so Olivia is today going to math camp. She's one of the leaders or the leader of math camp up at Bowling Green. I mean, I'm not even sure if this is for college students or if they have like high school students come in because Olivia, when she was looking at colleges, was invited to come to math camp. So I don't know if it's like a prestige thing. I don't know what it is. But anyhow... I believe it's like negative twenty up at Bowling Green today. Wow. So that really I surprised me. I um I'm hoping that her car started and I'm hoping that she made it okay, but I guess we'll find out. She had that today. She had to be there at seven, so we'll we'll see. Which is about for those who are listening right now, that's about uh, fifteen minutes. Fifteen ago. minutes ago. <laughs> so we'll see if she made it. <laughs> well, hopefully she made it. Yeah, but it's cold. It's cold. So we're going to go ahead and get into this Bible study rather quickly today. As most of you listened to our last episode, we talked way too much at the beginning of that one, and we didn't get into much of the Bible study. (laughs) And we kind of left a cliffhanger for for this Bible study. I was so excited about the cliffhanger. I'm excited now about the cliffhanger. Well, that's good. Even though I don't know if it's going to be that exciting. It's probably not going to be that exciting. (laughs) But we'll probably start out... And do, since we we literally just read it, and we just started skimming the surface of this whole David and Uriah's wife. Yes. So, I'm going to go ahead and just read this first portion again, which is uh, in 2 Samuel 11, 2 through 5. Okay. And 
since and if I'm not mistaken, I think that's where we started with our last episode. That is okay. Okay, I'm just yeah, making sure me. because my notes say that that's where we started yeah, on our last episode. <laughs> so we're going backwards just for a second. Yeah, it's we didn't we didn't do very good job last time. That's okay. We were excited about our mini series coming up. So perfect. yes, we were okay. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and read this. And actually, I'm going to read from the very beginning. So I'm going to do one through five. Okay. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So again, this is where we started last week, but mm-hmm. there's a little bit more here that we didn't cover because we did run out of time. Yeah, we just hit the basics. Yeah, we just started scratching the surface of this. So just to recap, this was in the spring. So this is when armies, kings went out to war. Right. Again, the reason they took the winter off is where they're at. On the planet, their wintertime is a very wet, and it will get cold, but it's more of a wet area, so that kind of washes out the roads and everything else, so it's very hard for armies to travel, and so they must just have a general agreement that during this rainy season, nobody fights. I just don't understand. So we've got, we're taking a time out when it's cold. And when it's raining? Well, it's cold and raining at the same time. Oh, boy. To be a part of war back then. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I know. It's different different than what it is today, that's for sure. <laughs> right. So, moving on. So, again, like I just read, they went out to destroy the Ammonites. Last episode, I talked about that a little bit more, so I'm not going to touch that here. But something else to to notice is that whenever David sends somebody to find out who she is, and they come back and say, it is Bathsheba. It is the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of uncommon for somebody to name both the husband and the father. Normally, they'll just do the husband, like... She is the wife of so-and-so. Or she is or the daughter she's of. the daughter of so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're right. In this case, they do both. She is the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And they do that because? Because King David knows them both. Okay. Personally. Okay. And that's why they kind of highlight this. So, both Eliam and Uriah are a part of... David's army. Mm-hmm. Uriah is actually in the list of his most fiercest soldiers. Right. That's why he's always on the front line. Yes. Because he would be like today, almost like Navy SEAL type, Green Beret, like your fiercest fighter. Right. So he's like the elite. 
Okay. Which makes me wonder why would David even cross mess, him? Yeah. Why would he even try to mess with his wife? That's kind of dumb on David's part. Yeah, but you might look at it another way is that if David's the leader of Uriah, then you don't cross them back then? I don't know. I mean, so you you don't feel threatened by your highest soldier? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Probably, they probably did have a different mindset. Maybe David just didn't sleep well. And he mm. just... <laughs> well, as we get through this, we, we notice that <laughs> David's brain took a break. Right. During this whole <laughs> this whole story. Oh my. And it's it is crazy to me because up to this point, David has been like the perfect person, the perfect king. He did everything. And he started out so young. Yes. And that's what I found when I was studying it too, is how when he was so young and he went out and fought Goliath with you know just a sling and a stone. Yeah. And then to betray not only him, you know, his family and Uriah's family, but his betrayal against God. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I found that to be, but again, if he always felt like God was on his side, he probably felt invincible that maybe he could do it. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. But even even during the whole King Saul thing, when King Saul was chasing him down, wanting to kill him. Yeah. Is that when he he wrote Psalms? No, Psalms came. I, I think a lot of Psalms came after this okay. story. I see. I didn't know that. I just knew that he wrote them, and I knew that he prayed a lot. It's. I don't. I haven't done that research. Okay. Of when Psalms was written, and it's very possible he had some Psalms written, written before. before this. But, but I can understand why he started writing them after this. Like, yeah, this is the breaking point. I mean, he was always devoted to God. He mm-hmm. was always a man after God's heart. And then this happens. And then from this point on, this like this breaks him. Yeah. But then after this. And we'll talk about how it breaks him. Yes, we will talk about that. But then after this, the rest of his life is more of a, a repentant type gotcha. life. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the Psalms are, are okay. written. So, but getting back into the text, they mentioned both Eliam and Uriah, and that's because of the relationship that David would have had with them. Something else to notice is David was walking on the roof of his palace. Mm -hmm. Well, his palace would have been the biggest building in the city, Mm -hmm. so he would have been up higher than everybody else. And something else that I actually heard yesterday, and... I haven't done much research into it, except for just reading the text now. But it said that, I'm going to reread this a little bit. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. It's always been thought that she was on her rooftop as well bathing. Yeah. But it doesn't say that. He just, it just says that he sees her bathing. So being on the roof of his palace, he can look down into everybody else's courtyard and into whatever. I mean, okay. he can see down into what most people can't see into. So she could have been out in her courtyard. She could have been in her house and he just happened to spot her through a door or a window. 
So it doesn't say where she actually was. It just says that she was bathing. That makes me feel a little bit better because I didn't understand why a woman would be bathing on her roof. So well, to- And like you said, you can look at it through different lenses. And yes. so this is a very good example of that because I was thinking she literally was on her on her roof doing this. But this makes perfect sense. Well, I got two things to go along with that, with what you just said, is one... The reason she was bathing possibly outside is during this time, it was traditional Jewish law that when a woman was cleansing herself, taking this bath from her uncleanness, basically she just went through her period. Yes. And after that, they do this ritual bathing. Okay. And this ritual bathing is supposed to be in water from a natural source. So a river, a stream, something like that. But when you live inside a city, like they did, an acceptable substitute was rainwater. That's what I was just going to ask. Do you have to wait until it rains? So they probably, well, if you think about it, they got a month or 20, whatever, 28 days. You probably know better than I do. To So maybe they (laughs) use the water, drain it, and then have another 20-some days for it to refill. Or they collected elsewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not right. from the old Jewish <laughs> world. I don't know how these oh little my details gosh. work. That's so funny because I'm thinking, if it only rains one day, you might only have an inch of water to bathe in. I mean, I have no uh, idea. Uh, Whatever. Uh, but, yes, that's why it is possible she was outside. Because when taking this bath, you had to use water from a natural source. Mm-hmm. So, it is believable that she was outside but she would have been in her courtyard and would have been fenced off where nobody else could have seen her right but david being up on the roof of the palace he could see down into it gotcha another reason why they mentioned that she's taking this bath is it is pointing to the fact that she's not pregnant mm-hmm. at this point in time she is not pregnant so that tells us that there's no chance that it's uriah's mm-hmm. child that she's pregnant with or anybody else's so this is literally, she's in this bath because she just finished her, her period cycle. And now David is basically bringing her over to sleep with her. Right. So that is also a very important fact to keep in mind. So the other thing that I was going to bring up is the fact that a lot of people did believe that she was on her roof. And there's a lot of back and forth between, okay, who seduced who here? A lot of people believe that it was actually... Bathsheba that was in a position, she put herself in a position to be seen Mm. by King David and was taking this bath in order to try to catch his eye to seduce him. Because she knew most all men were gone at this time. Yeah. And the only ones that would be there would be, and she doesn't know when when they're coming back. Yeah. Right? Okay. But... I, I don't really believe that. Um, okay. I think this was falls directly on the shoulders of King David. Because like I just mentioned, she was probably in her courtyard. Mm-hmm. And the reason she may have been out in a more exposed area than normal is because she was using this rainwater yeah. or this water of a natural source. Yeah. So I don't think she was putting herself out there the way some people believe. 
And everyone's going to have their opinion on yes. it. You know, some, yes, some of the people are going to follow King David and think that it, it wasn't him and that he was seduced. And some people are going to say he used his almighty power. He saw a beautiful woman, so he did it. You know, there, everyone has an opinion. Everybody yeah. has a different way of reading it. You know, we can only tell you what those are and how you and I agree or disagree with them. Yeah. So. And like you just said that he used this power, and that is a common term used today is mm-hmm. power rape. Somebody's yeah. using their their position of stature yep. to pretty much seduce women. Yeah, sad. So I mean, it, it is done, and it is sad. Yeah, it's, I I don't understand why why men would do this, but it does I'm, it's not just men. You have to no, you have to realize true. it. I mean, nowadays, powerful women can do the same thing. It's, that's true. I'm not going to say it's only on a man. It's it, a woman can do the same thing. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I guess I just look at it more from men's point of view because right. I'm right. a guy. Right. I don't if if you guys don't realize that uh, I'm I'm a guy. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. Oh, <clears throat> yes you are. Yes you are. So I say that because I do believe that this this does fall on the shoulders of King yeah. David. That he, because here's something else to go along with that. As king, it is his job to lead the army out to war. As long as he is an able-bodied king, as in, you know, once he gets older right. and he's not physically capable of leading the army, okay, at that point, he sits out. And we know at this point that he's he is, perfectly capable yes, of going he out is, there. He is a capable body. Yes, he is. Now there, it doesn't say it is possible that he was fighting some sort of sickness, yeah. and that's why he was. And maybe that's why he dead. couldn't sleep, and maybe that's why he was up on the roof. And yeah, it, it doesn't say. But I'm going to highlight some other points later on where everything kind of leans towards the fact that he should have been out leading his yeah. army, and he chose not to. Right. And so he put himself in a position to commit this sin. If he would have went out with his army like he was supposed to, none of this would have happened. Right. But then again, if none of this would have happened, then, I mean, let's look at the next step. Right. Well, the step that we're even looking at here. The line of Jesus. Matthew. Yeah. It's through David and Bathsheba that Solomon is born. Yes. And that is the line of Jesus. Yes. So, you know, we could say, yes, he should have been out with his army. But at the same time, this was probably God's plan because yes. this is this is the line of Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something else to keep in mind, too. So to put this in context with our, our modern day listeners, everybody in our modern day world, mm-hmm. bad things are going to happen. Yes, they are. Like It's like unfortunate. For us, for us personally, we recently lost dad. Right. We lost Missy a few years ago. Right. Sadness, death hardships yeah this is all part of our fallen world that we live in today yes, it is. but even through all these bad things something bad happens to you or things aren't going according to your plan right know that god is still working even in those situations even when you don't feel it yes. even when you feel like you have been thrown to the wolves like there is there's no more hope it's still a part of his plan. Yes. He needs you to be at that part to understand the goodness that he's going to bring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's something I really hope everybody soaks in and, and realizes that even through rough waters. Yeah. The God is, God is working 
and God is going to bless you in some way, shape, or form. And this is actually something that we'll probably discuss more once we get into our prayer. Yeah. Boy, I'm going to need lots of tissues, I think, during our prayer because I just, I, I just know that it's going to be very powerful to it me. Is. Yeah. It's going to be, and we hope that it's very, just very as powerful, powerful for you guys. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I have like 10 pages of notes already. I've and got, I haven't I've got, got a, a half a page. I haven't even got into the Bible <laughs> portion of it yet. I said, I've got a half of a page. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Sorry, cracking myself up. <laughs> I got my my notes are here. They're in, they're in my brain. It seems like our rules have reversed then, for this <laughs> series that we're going to do. Okay. Anyhow, sorry. So just to finish up this last little bit in in verses two through five is when David brings Bathsheba over. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't know what actually happens. I don't know right. if it was consensual. Right. What? But we see that they have sex. And she ends up getting pregnant. Yes. So, yeah, when she leaves, she sends word back. And and something else that I thought of is this stuff doesn't just happen. It's not like she left, went home, and the next day she's like, you know what? I'm pregnant. Yeah, we all know that's not how that works. Yeah, that's not how that works. So, this... This, I'm going to go ahead and call it sin because this was adultery. Yes. I am going we, to agree with you like the last episode. It and, is a sin. And as we get into more of the story, we're going to talk about how the sin compiles. But like here, he takes a woman who he knows is married. Yes. He knows Uriah. And her and, father. And her father, Eliam. And this is something else I never highlighted earlier. Is the fact that, you know, David was on the roof of his palace and he's seen Bathsheba. Well, I'm going to venture a guess here. He didn't have binoculars, telescope, (laughs) any kind of object to help him see further and clear. Yeah. So he could see her with his naked eye. Right. So that means she was close. Yes. Now, she wasn't close enough that he'd be like, hey, that's Bathsheba. But it's close enough to, you know, it's somebody that's living in a house close to his palace. So that means that relationship with Uriah, mm-hmm. like, you're not going to keep somebody close to your palace. Right. That- like, so when, so when they brought her over, it, he should be like, Oh, it's Bathsheba. Yes. How are you? Take her back. Yes. And whenever he inquired with his messengers, they're like, this is Bathsheba. This is Bathsheba. This is Uriah's wife. Right. This is Eliam's daughter. Right. What are you doing? Right. He's like, I don't care. Bring her over. Oh, my gosh. So... Yeah, so he's seen her with his naked eye. She was close. She was living in a house close to him because there was a closer relationship. Again, like we said, Uriah, it was part of his most elite fighting force. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a king, you want to keep your best fighters close Mm -hmm. to you. That way, if something happens, they got to get through those guys before they get to you. Right. So, there is that correlation there. But now the fact that 
she's sending word saying, hey, I'm pregnant. This could have been almost a month later. Yeah. That she's like, um, I didn't have my monthly uncleanness. Right. So. And Uriah's still at war. Yeah. He's still gone. I mean, he's not back. Yeah. So. But what, what kills me, so he does come back, though. He does. And we'll get into that in the next section. Okay. But for now, he's still gone. And at this point, he's still clueless. Right. But something else that we'll get into in our next episode is he may not have been as clueless mm. as what Oh, yeah. I, I know what you're going after here. Yeah. So that could be our, our mm. cliffhanger for this episode. Could be. I really don't think that it's going to be a cliffhanger. You don't think it's going to be a cliffhanger? I don't know. Because you know what? what? I don't remember what our last cliffhanger was. I don't either. Okay. So. Hopefully we covered it. I don't know. <laughs> I just listened to that episode yesterday. I did. Me too. And I don't even I... remember. <laughs> oh, well. So we're not good at the cliffhangers. No, we're it not. It doesn't matter. Okay. So it's it's not. But once we get into our next portion, which is the next several verses, which will be Second Samuel eleven six through thirteen, this is is where Uriah comes back. Yeah, and and we'll like see I, how it all plays out. Yeah, like I, like I may have just commented that Uriah. Let, let's keep in mind here that Uriah was, like we've said a few times now, part of David's elite fighting force. Elite. Yes. So, he's probably not a dumb guy. Right. He's not just some guy out there that just knows how to use a sword and not a brain. So, it's, it gets a little interesting once we once we get into the story. But we'll end up saving most of that for our next episode. So, do you have anything else for this one? Mm-mm. So, we thank you for joining us for another episode of Pure Faith Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or just want to send us a friendly hello, then we ask that you email us at purefaithpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we ask that if you like this show, if you like what we're talking about, if you like what we're doing, if you like the message that we're trying to put out there, then we ask that you share the show with others so we can all work together in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Yes. If we've got nothing else, then we'll talk to you next time. Looking forward to it.